following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Hey everybody, Nui Scruggs here with a special show today. For those of you looking for Danny McRae and Barry Church, well, they were on other shows today. This means I get to have some fun with two of my friends, former Cowboy Everson Walls and my fourth favorite Tar Heel of all time in Carolina basketball history, <laughs> Jesse Holly. As long as I'm in the top five, that's all I care about. I'm in the top yeah, five. Yeah, baby. I'm in New top five. You're in the top five. I got Jordan's number one. You know, dog team makes high five. He's right there. So he's number one. Uh, James Worthy. James Worthy's number two. Okay. Uh, a kid from my high school, Westover High School in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He's about to sign. He's already committed to the Tar Heels. So he's going to be number three. You're number four. Because you also okay. help bring a national, you help bring a national championship. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Come on, Jesse. Don't take that, man. <laughs> You can't Listen. be behind a guy that hadn't even played yet. He's he's just a recruit. You know, I, I, I understand it, but my time at Carolina was a great time. I went as a two-sport athlete. I won a national championship. So I'll be number four on his list, and I'll be number one in everyone else's heart. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Now, if this kid's a bust, if this kid's a bust from your high school. You got to move up. You gotta I move, move up. up. I move up. <laughs> You know, this is one of those things where, where finally, finally, you know, here I am. I'll, I'll turn 50 in December. You know, I, I started going to Westover High School in 1984. It, it took this long for us to get, for somebody to, for, to be good enough to play Carolina basketball. So this is a huge deal in, in, in my world for me. And, and Everson, I, I've, I've always wanted to ask you this question here. Were you a part of that group that went into the end zone at Texas Stadium and broke up that fun bunch when they tried to do that little old thing, the Smurfs tried to do that little thing here in the end zone, and you guys broke it up? No, I, I, I cannot lie. Um, I was um, not a part of that. And okay. one, of my, one of my teammates, Ron Fellows, he, he was uh, a, little, a little upset at me because I wasn't there. And what I was letting them know was, well, I was covering my man, so we were somewhere <laughs> else. So my man, we, he was—he had nothing to do with the play. You were the one that got scored on, so don't get upset with me because you can't hold it down on your side. So I can't just come running into the end zone. It's already over with by now. If you don't want them to score, if you don't want them to celebrate, then don't let them score. That's what I had to tell Ron Fellows. So no, long answer, no. So, so to explain to some of our younger viewers out there, back when Washington had won Super Bowl 17, the next year they came back, they were the highest scoring offense in NFL history. And they had a game every, of course, at, against the Cowboys. This was the old Texas Stadium. And whenever they would score, the receivers group, which they called the Smurfs, little Charlie Brown and some of these and, and, and other guys, they would go in the end zone, they would raise their hands like that, they'd jump up in the hand and do a jump up in the air and do a high five. And that was when I believe Dennis Thurman, I think Thurman was one of them that went over there, but they were like, nah, you guys aren't doing that here. You guys aren't doing it. And it was it was pretty good theater. <laughs> and I always wondered, was Everson in that? And now I got my answer. It Everson was it said, was it was Dennis Thurman. It was Dennis Thurman, Michael Downs, and Ron Fellows was there. Uh, the, they were called the Fun Bunch 
You yes, know, they had a bunch. few names. Oh, yeah. There was a Smurf. They were the Smurfs one the Smurfs year. Smurfs and the Fun, the fun, and the fun bunch. bunch that year because they thought that was fun. They do the little rock and then they all go up and do a high five like they were in some 1970s uh, <laughs> cop, buddy, <laughs> cop buddy movie or some crap like that. And um, so, so it, was, it was Charlie Brown, amazing. Uh, I think the guy's name was, I think it was Virgil Say. Uh, you might remember these guys, Jesse, the, some of the names with wideouts. Of course, Sanders, who was Doug Williams' favorite target in Ricky that great Sanders. Super Bowl win. So, uh, and Art Monk was also Art a Monk. part of that. Art Hall, of Famer, Hall of Famer, Art Monk, Art by Monk. the way. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good group. And they, they blew us out. They blew us out that game. So they can party all they want. It's up to us to stop the celebration. Okay, all right. So let's die. die got, oh, yeah, what are you going to say, Jesse? I'm sorry. No, I was good. No, you're good. He don't well, know nothing die. about this old school stuff, man. I'm, I'm sitting up here with you young guys, man. I'm used to being with the old dudes. We start off slow. You know, we have a little tea on the side or something. You know, you got your boy Jesse. Jesse's probably got his energy drink right there. He's ready to go. So Let's go, baby. You. Let's go. Don't let me stop you guys from getting fired up. Let's go, man. Let's go. I'm ready. I, old man can keep up. Let's go. So how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Coming to town, winning the game, and apparently uh, bringing a whole bunch of COVID with them. Uh, four more players um, have COVID, <laughs> including quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. I guess it all started with tight end Vance McDonald. So, I, you know, the Cowboys so far don't have anyone that's contacted COVID. But the Cowboys are going to have a practice this week that's been canceled. So they just have virtual meetings on their bye week because playing the Steelers with all this COVID happening there. So, um a perfect, truly a perfect time for the bye week for the Cowboys. Everson, what did you make of this story? Well, my thing is, how in the hell did he even get on the field? I'm still kind of confused, uh, Nui, about the, the protocol. Uh, if he was tested Saturday, if he was tested Friday, maybe he shouldn't have traveled on Saturday. You know, these are the things that I'm not really privy to because Every team seems to have a different protocol. So to me, how, when did you find out is the question. Uh, and if you did find out soon, why did he make the trip? And then, of course, you look at consequences. Uh, they said that he only caught one pass for two yards and he was tackled by, uh, I believe it was Wilson, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, that's just one guy came in contact with him on a pass. But what about blocking plays? I mean, what about the people that he infected that may have uh, uh, infected other Cowboys? These are the kind of things that you, you don't want to play with, Nui. You don't want to play with this stuff. And uh, let's go on back to the, the Dodgers. And I know you're probably a Dodgers fan. Uh, when the, when the, 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 the player came out and he Justin knew he Turner. was making a mistake, but he got caught up. You know, these are the kind of things that if you're going to stick to protocol, stick to protocol. Otherwise, you are putting people's lives in danger because of celebrations and really because of your own ego, man. I think it's really sad and scary. I've consistently said that everyone just makes this thing up as they go along. I was watching the Clemson Notre Dame game this weekend. I see Trevor Lawrence on the sideline. Like, what's he doing here? This guy had COVID. <laughs> you know, if, if he's not playing because he's got COVID, why is he on the sideline? So I just feel like so many people are making this thing up uh, as they go along here. And, and Jesse, here are the names. Um, ben Roethlisberger, offensive tackle Gerald Hawkins, running back Jalen Samuels, linebacker Vince Williams. They're in quarantine now. And, of course, um, the first uh 
person that was, was tested was Vance McDonald, got put on the reserve COVID-19 list. Your thoughts on this, Jesse? My thoughts about anything as far as the NFL and anything health related is always, always a joke. Because the mm-hmm. NFL and its teams and its owners, their, their, bottom, their bottom line is always about the dollar. It's always about the dollar. And they're going to do every single thing that they can to make sure, <laughs> because they already lost money with some of the stuff that we have to deal with, no fans and things of that nature. So they're never going to do anything where they have to cancel games unless someone seriously gets sick and, you know, uh, and I pray that it never happens or someone is hospitalized because of it or even passes away from it. When it comes to that Sunday profit, nothing is above what they have to do. And that's the overall NFL. We saw this with the whole concussion thing, right? And they, they, they try to tell you that, well, this league, it didn't get caused because of the impact of the head. When there was <laughs> doctors upon doctors and, and, and science and information that was saying, hey guys, listen, these concussions are because of the head contact that they were getting while they were playing football. And the Thank same God thing applies with this. Smith, right? <laughs> Thank God for the movie. But... <laughs> and I'm also hearing that that this Vance McDonald's he was he was he said he was sick on Friday, and yes. in the COVID world that we live in today, anything of that nature, okay, should have been looked at and flagged immediately. Oh, you're sick. How about you not travel? You know, you had one catch, so it wasn't like you were a an integral part in our what we were doing right. our scheme. So how about right. you don't travel? You know, maybe you should, or maybe take a separate plane or hey, maybe you come in. Maybe the morning of the game, or whatever it may be, there should have been extra. We're talking about a billion-dollar industry, right? You can charter a plane That's and get right. them to Pittsburgh, to Dallas, if that was the case. But no, you 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 threw caution to the wind. You put this player on the plane. You not only caused your own players to get it, you also potentially, there's flight attendants, there's TSA workers that check your bags when you before you get on your charter flight. Uh, there's restaurants, I mean, there's, there's hotel people that you may have been in contact with, whether that be at the omelet station in the morning when you're getting your omelet or the buffet line, right? When you get, right, 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 Everson? When you get your buffet line you know, at night, there's so many people that you've now caused and no telling what happened on the Cowboys side of things. Now, our, our great producer, Chris Beam, said, you know, even though he had only one catch, you know, don't worry about our DBs catching, you know, catching it because they don't catch anything at all. So they don't have to worry about <laughs> I don't have to worry about catching COVID. Did for Chris McDonald's. say that? Oh my God! No, you didn't, Chris. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> hey, but not only that, Jesse. As you as you talk about those uh, extremely important uh, uh, sac- uh, consequences, let's think about just on a on a lower level. Now it seems like, and and you know we will see how it goes because the protocol is so screwed up right now. But it seems like now their undefeated season is is threatened a bit because you've got players that have to sit out maybe. And I don't know about Roethlisberger. They said he's not positive. They said he's tested negative like maybe multiple times since then. So they're trying to get him back on the field in five days. Uh, does that mean, uh, Nui, you should know about this. You're the news guy. Does that, does that mean he will be eligible to play uh, next week? Uh, does that five-day quarantine, how does that affect his playing time for next week? And talk about Big, Big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, that's a great question here because I, I've seen it vary. 
And, and I've seen some guys who had to sit out, and I've seen some like Emmanuel Sanders. And, and this is one of those things where I know from my own fantasy football thing where I, I had him on my team and dude didn't play. Like, well, he's got to sit out. Like, but well, wait star a players, what, has, New, what, has he, right, what star players? What star players? Uh, this is this is a good question. I mean, Cam Newton had to sit out. You know, we saw Cam okay. had to sit. So, so that that I mean, th- this is a great question. Is what a- happened? Andy Dalton Oxford? had to sit out. When was you know? It seems like the same situation, and he couldn't play. We needed so, him in that game. As far as we were concerned, he was a star for us, Jesse. You know what I'm saying? We right, needed right. Dalton, and we ended up going with Danuch, which you know that could have made a difference. So, I'm, okay, I'm still here you up go. in the air. Sounds like New Year's as well. Okay, here what you is go. the protocol? All right, so here it is. So Roethlisberger did not test positive, and um, he will now have to self-isolate and test negative for five days before he's able to rejoin the Steelers. So he could be activated from the list as early as Saturday and then can play in Sunday's game against the Bengals. And oh, by the way, he hurt both of his knees against the Steelers. So, so there you go. So that's it. So he needs to test negative every day for the yeah. next five days, and then uh, then he could play. So he hurt his hurt, hurt his knees against the Cowboys, and so uh, they get ready to face the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So, so there you go. There you go. Ever since, so we'll see exactly what happens there. Hmm. It is a. Uh, it, it's Dalton a beautiful- didn't get that kind of reprieve. I, I wish he would have gotten that kind of consideration. I don't know well- what the difference was between that. And ours, I, I, you know. Yes, here's the difference. Between that and Big Ben, I'm just trying to figure that out because, boy, we needed and Andy that that particular week. We we and, maybe we could have pulled it out. You never know. Andy tested positive for COVID. That's the difference. Ben did not. That's ben was, okay. He, there you go. So so he was he was you know that when they call the contact tracing, he was you know with McDonald and near McDonald. So so there it put him okay. in isolation. So now he's just got to test negative for five days and then he could play. He had he did not test positive for coronavirus. All right, let's get our first break in here. Some tough news for the Dallas Cowboys secondary when we come back right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Seeky. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. 
A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back, Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, looking to change up things for your dinner routine? Well, help local Frisco businesses by choosing one of over 30 restaurants at the Star District. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. Switching things up here for the Players' Lounge, we are bringing in two former Dallas Cowboys players, Everson Walls and Jesse Holly. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter here. All right, gentlemen, rookie cornerback Trayvon Diggs broke a bone in his foot. And it's expected he'll miss the rest of the season. Everson, you're a former, uh, former defensive back here. Your thoughts on Diggs being gone, and then how do they make up for the rookie's absence, in your opinion? You know, it's kind of a shame. Uh, we've been looking at Diggs and talking about the potential that he has. Uh, when you think about it, he's only really had, uh, I'd say, just a couple of, well, maybe one good game, if you want to call that good. But that's what you expect from a rookie. You, you, it's going to be some growing pains with him. Uh, just when you saw him making strides, he got two interceptions in one game. That was amazing. You could finally see his ability to play the ball. Uh, when you get those interceptions, you know, it brings you confidence. Just like if Jesse is a wide receiver, no matter what goes on in the game, if you, as soon as you catch that one pass, your confidence is there. Then the, the realization is, is, is solid right now. So once he saw that he could make those plays, then all of a sudden we're like, man, this is the potential we've been waiting on. We're hoping that this guy can step up and, and make some more plays for us. And, of course, here comes the injury. Uh, I really feel bad for the young man because I wanted to see his progress continue to get better. Uh, what I saw, what I see now, uh, he may be out for the season. Uh, with him being a young man, if he wants to, and I'm sure he'd be itching to come back, he may be able to come back uh, with a, maybe a game or two left in the season. You know, it's hard to keep a young man like that out, especially when he's able-bodied. Uh, but I just want him to mentally be prepared for what's going to be uh, for him in the future. Sometimes if you get to step away from the game, whether yep. it's due to injury or whatever, <laughs> He can take a look at what's been going on with himself and say, okay, he can hone in on it, you know, mentally, physically, and realize where he's been making his mistakes because as a rookie, you expect things to develop slowly. And so comparatively, as his rookie year goes on, he's been developing ahead of a rookie's pace. Now, it depends on what standards you want to put that rookie pace on. You want to talk about 1981, I can go back to me and my boys. Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley, myself, Michael Downs, we didn't have time for growing pains. We stepped in, <laughs> we played our butts off, and we, we, we came through. That's why you have a moniker. If you don't have a moniker, then obviously you didn't do anything while you were in the league. We were Thurman's thieves because we were, we, were, we were thieves. That's just the way it was. So the standard back then, I think, was a little bit higher. You had free agents coming in, balling their butts off, getting criticized, and now we have a high round pick who I still love to see play. And the more he gets beat, the more potential they say he has. 
So I'm kind of confused, <laughs> but I'm going to go with it as long as it's going to make him better. <laughs> no, I, I was uh, my answer was going to be right along the lines how you kind of ended yours was there when you're talking about being a rookie, right? Second round pick, and he played some high level football at Alabama in the SEC. But when you come into this league, there's so much being thrown at you, whether it's learning the playbook formations, you got all pro receivers coming at you every single week, all pro quarterbacks, the information upon information is being just piled on top of you. And so you're trying to learn. I I, got to get ready for a game. Oh, my God. I got to play Julio Jones this week. I remember watching this guy (laughs) on YouTube my whole life. I'm a rookie, you know, and and I'm trying to put all this stuff together. And, And what happens is. You begin to drown in some of these things, right? And and then you don't have like the thing for Diggs is he didn't have one of those vets where you can look to your right, look to your left, and yeah. there's a, a guy who's been in the league for yes. 10 years who had something that's to say, hey Rook, hold on, relax, yep. chill. Well, look at this and give you those that's little a good tidbits. Point, Jesse. That's a damn good to give point. you to give you those little tidbits that you can put away and, and add to your game and say, oh, this is what he was talking about. To sit you down and show you how to properly watch film and say, hey, I played this quarterback, I played this offensive coordinator, I played this team for X amount of years. Here's what they like to do in plus 40, minus 40, and this formation. Hey, when they get right here, look for these type of route com- combinations. He was a, doing a lot of learning on the fly. He had no one to really look to to give him any veteran information to say, Hey, what do we do right here? And so he was doing a lot of it on the fly. And I'm with you, Everson. I, I, I would sometimes be amazed. I'll say, he got beat three times in a row. How, how, where's the, everybody said, well, he just keeps fighting. I said, well, fighting right. doesn't win your games. You got to stop no somebody. choice to actually, but to keep fighting. Right. right. And, and so, but being able to step away from the game, take yep. a deep breath, Go back and watch your early film. Watch how you progress. Uh, uh, watch how the season continues to go on and see, you know what, the second time around you play the Washington, uh, the, the football team from Washington or the second time around you play the Giants or the second time around you play Philadelphia. Now you can start seeing like, oh, that's what they were talking about. I, I, was, I was so caught up in that preparation for the week, I didn't catch all the little idiosyncrasies in the game that I can now see from a distance now that I'm rehabbing. If I were him, or if I was anyone in the Cowboys organization, he's done for the year to me. Hmm. Heal up because we don't have any more to fight for this year. I mean, I know that we're saying, well, the division is still up in the air. This is not a good football team. This team isn't going to go <laughs> far in the situ- into, into the. So to rush a guy back, and, and we all know when those when it comes to receivers, I mean, and DBs, your feet is what pays. That's you right. need to be. If your feet are not good, and whether that's me going forward as that's a receiver. Deion Sanders with the turf toe. <laughs> right. And so I want that thing to fully heal so that we don't have any setbacks in, 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 in the offseason. Because I'm praying that we get a regular offseason, and I need all my guys. If this is going to be a guy that you look at for 2020, 2021 and beyond, then I need him 100% healthy heading into this so that we can evaluate all these guys put guys on the field during OTAs and mini camps so that I can now really start implementing things than having him have a setback in late December in a meaningless game that we're not even going to win to go to the playoffs or anything like that. Now, if you told me you were 7-1, 8-0, or whatever, and we had a realistic chance, all right, let's try to get some of these guys back healthy. But at the end of the year, you're not playing for anything. I- I'm not rushing this guy back. Get 100% healthy. Take your time getting healthy. And I want everybody revved up and ready to go for the 2021 offseason. 
Hey, two two things, Nui. Let me let me say something. Uh, first of all, you are so right, Jesse. I had Charlie Waters uh, just always in my ear, giving me confidence, right. giving me nicknames, just you know praising me. And I'm like, man, this dude is really on my job, and it, I needed that, you know, at the time because, like you said, things are coming at you. Dennis Thurman, you know, he was he was my mentor. Uh, he was the guy that that kept us together, you know, uh, tell us what to expect uh, and how to feel about certain things. Because even as a rookie, you don't know how to feel about certain things. Right. And you're right, though, in regards to everything coming at him. That's the last thing I'm going to say in regards to Diggs is that when you start thinking and start getting intimidated, your brain moves, but your feet stop moving. You know, when you start thinking too much, when you have fear, when you have doubt. That's the problem with a lot of defensive backs. When that ball is in the air, we always say, turn around, turn around. Well, they're too busy thinking about the consequences as opposed <laughs> to having the heart to just turn around and taking a chance and not being afraid to get beat at that time. So you're right. The confusion, the, the fear, whatever you want to call it, the doubt, it can, it can affect your play. And hopefully as he steps back from this, as we just said, he can come back a better player. This is why I love having you guys here, former players, giving our, our viewers and listeners an insight into really what goes on the field. That's something I didn't know right there that you and Jesse just brought up is that, hey, having somebody who's been there who can tell you basically, I'm not crazy, I'm not as bad as I think I am, and, and, and look out for this and look out for that. I mean, that stuff, that stuff matters. I mean, you know, there's nothing like that. Well, they, they got toasted too, so they know where you are. They know right. mentally where you are. We've all been toasted. There are no virgins in the NFL, my brother. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of the future, Garrett Gilbert, a lot of Cowboy fans feel like has a future as a potential backup with this team after his performance against the Steelers. But Cowboys owner and Hall of Famer Jerry Jones said today on his radio show on 105.3 The Fan that Andy Dalton is a starting quarterback. Uh, when they get back to action. So they got the bye week this week, and then they go to Minnesota next to face the Vikings up there. Jesse, your thoughts on Andy Dalton becoming the starting quarterback with Garrett Gilbert being his backup now? Let me say this first. I, 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 I know that we work in the media and we love the sound bites and we love the ability to write stories on certain things, but this is one of those moments where I, I just wish, you know, we're the only team in the, in the league where our owner and our owner's son have radio uh, uh, hits every single week, two or three times a week. Because to me, I think Jerry misspoke. I, I do. I, I, I truly think he, and I get it, he's the owner, he can do what he wants, say what he wants. I, I get it. But I truly think he misspoke. You, there's no reason you have to come out and say that today on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday. There's no reason. And I think sometimes just because you have a mic does not mean you have to say something into it. And I think Garrett Gilbert has earned himself the opportunity to at least, and let me compete again. Let, let me compete this week, you know, and, and when we head to next week for an opportunity to go out there and play again. He has looked the best that we've seen since Dak Prescott has went down at the quarterback position. Now, I know that we may not hear that name much. We hear Andy Dalton name more because of his time in Cincinnati. But 
but Garrett isn't a rookie. He, he's been around the league and around football for a very long time. And you saw the confidence and command that he had in the game uh, this past Sunday. I, I didn't like that. I just thought, man, I'm like, golly. I, and I know that you're paying Andy Dalton, you know, $3 million and money matters and money counts. But if you're trying to put a product on the field at this point in time of the season, because no one's believing you're going to truly and, and, and honestly compete for a championship. If you're trying he to does. put a realistic... But Jesse, he, he said him, on the radio him, show, tell him, he Nui. believes <laughs> that they can win the <laughs> NFC East, and as long as they have that opportunity, he believes Andy Dalton gives them the best opportunity to do it. So, you know, and I always said, when I, I used to do that, that Jerry Jones radio show on 105.3 The Fan, you got to get inside <laughs> his head. In his head, he believes. He'll tell you he's the most optimistic guy. He'll tell you that he lives in the land of, um, what was that word he used the other day? Um, naivete. That's it. So you can say Jerry's and he ha- But he has to. And I, but, I get it. He has that's to. Where he, he signs is. a lot of checks every single week to make sure that those guys are competitive on the field. So he has to live in that land. I don't have to live in that land. Hell, he signs my checks too. So I don't have to live in that land. <laughs> you know what I'm I don't have to live in that land. He does. I get it. As someone who's a business owner, I get you got to be optimistic. You got to be always positive for your product. But I, I just I just think that particular time is timing. You don't if that's what you truly believe, don't say it today. You know, let, let the process play out because you. I just think when people are going to start looking around and saying, we saw what we had with Garrett Gilbert and we saw what we had with Andy Dalton, I probably would watch more to see round two of Garrett Gilbert than I would to see round two of Andy Dalton. I think Andy Andy gave us a win, though, Jesse, right? I mean, I mean, he came in as a reliever, yes. right? Yes, he did. But he, but he, but he gave us a win. And I, I think, uh, and I get it, Jesse, where you're coming from. I do. Uh, when you look at this NFC East, uh, you see nothing but futility. But at the same time, that's what's giving Jerry pause to say, hey, we're not out of this yet. No matter how much we suck, we are still in this. But is Andy a better option? That's the question. Is Andy a better option? He's a more serious option. I still still would side with the the track that we were on. Garrett Gilbert was was off the rails in regards to our plans. Did very well. And like you said, this guy's almost 30 years old. He might be 30. So he's had professional experience. And he showed that in the ballgame. But you're looking at, if I'm going to look at Andy Dalton versus Gilbert Garrett, I'm sorry, I got to go with Andy, not just as an owner, but even if I'm a teammate, I'm going to say, okay, Andy, we got sidetracked because you got COVID. Let's continue this track that we're on and see if we can do something with it because we're still in it. Only because the NFC East is so bad. If this was any other division, Jesse, Andy's on the bench. You know, I'm resting uh, Diggs, even if he's ready in December. I get all of that. But this is such a unique situation to where the division winner might have five wins, bro. Five wins. We can get to five wins. Can we, though? That, that is the question. You got, you, got, you, got, you got seven more games we to get to We got the Giants. We got, we got Philly still. We, you know, it's still, like, it's still the NFC East. So you have to say, hmm, not just yet. I'm, you know, I, I, if it was any other division, any other season, I'm with you, Jesse. 
But I, I just can't give up right now, especially when forget the forget the game after uh, uh, when, when after the Giants game. Uh, he played well in the Giants game. I I would like to see him with a week of preparation again with a better defense with this new defense and with this special teams that seems to be waking up and saying, hey, we're part of this team as well. We're that third facet of the game, but we're no less important than the other two facets. So you have that mentality right now going to the locker room, Jesse. That defense was fired up. Now, let me, add, let me add this quick little tidbit. I know we got to go to break. Quick little tidbit. Does Andy Dalton have a short leash? No. No. I don't no. think so. Okay. No. If that's the case, no. everybody's on a short leash. You know? I, 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 I would have to. I'm, I, is that you saying no to, uh, Nui? Yes, I, I, here's my thing on, on Andy Dalton, and, that, and I, we, we debated this yesterday because Barry Church was also with Jesse saying playing Gary Gilbert. Until they're out of this, Andy Dalton's going to be the guy. Once they're out of this, then in December, because you know, I think that's when it'll be decided for the Cowboys, in December, then you'll go ahead and go at Gary Gilbert because by December, then again, you know, when you're out of it, let's go ahead and lose all the games, and I think that's exactly what they'll do. But I think Andy Dalton, as long as they're in this, they're, the Jones family wants to see Andy Dalton out there, and Mike McCarthy has said as such as well. That they want to have the best opportunity to win Andy's experience in the league. They feel like gives them that. Let's head to break here. Um, I want to answer something that, that Jesse said about Jerry and Steven having radio shows, and I'll compare it a little bit to, uh, to, to something he's grown up with, and we'll dive into a coaching question. Jerry that, uh, and Steven that, have radio shows. That, that, Jesse, uh, that Jesse posed a little bit. We'll do that next right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Oh, man. Game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. 
Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. To the Players Lounge. Hey, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. All right, Newey Scruggs here, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Dallas Cowboys. We've got Jesse Holly in here at Everson Walls. Jesse, you grew up in that tri-state area. Were you a Yankees or a Mets fan? Yankees. Okay, this is perfect. Because one of Jerry Jones' best friends in the industry was the late George Steinbrenner. And you know George Steinbrenner, while he didn't have a radio show, he invited the media to come talk to him all the time. And he was always forever talking. And I read the book, The Yankee Years, by Tom Verducci. And Joe talked about how he understood what he got into, and knowing that the boss was going to say one thing over here, but how he dealt with his players in the clubhouse was a whole different thing. And for me, Mike McCarthy, you signed up for this. You know Jerry Jones talks on Tuesdays at 8.30 on 105.3 The Fan of Sean and RJ, and he talks on Fridays at 10.30, okay? Because I used to do that 10.30 Friday show with Jerry Jones. (laughs) And you know Stephen talks on Monday. All right, this is what these guys do. They talk. So you got three times a week where you're going to hear from ownership. In basketball, Mark Cuban, uh, before they changed the rules and they used to have the Stairmaster um, back there in the mass locker room where we could all go back there as media members, we would all go to Mark who'd be on that Stairmaster at about 6.05 and we would all get our pregame interviews from the owner of the Mavericks. This is good for us in the media But I have no sympathy for any coach who comes in here because you know what you signed up for. Jerry Jones not only has a radio, he used to have his own TV show. It was called Special Edition. I mean, mean, Jerry on TV, man. Jimmy Johnson survived it. He won two Super Bowls with it. It just is what it is. This is why you're in the big top. Bill Parcells, he dealt with it in one games. I mean, Mike McCarthy, go ahead and win some games. You're going to have to deal with it. (laughs) It was one time before you got to the Cowboys, Jesse. I remember... It was a player that that we in the media were, were asking Wade Phillips about and Wade, about signing. And Wade was like, well, we don't know what we're going to do. We may sign and we may not. We're like, Jerry already told us you signed him. And Wade just kind of went like this. <laughs> okay. Whatever Jerry said. Whatever Jerry said. And, and that just is what it is. Um, nobody handled it better than Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett knew what it was. The, the, the Jones family talking comes with the meal. And they may say one thing, and you're trying to keep something under wraps, and they may blow it out there. But this is what you signed up for. So for Mike McCarthy, and, and you just saying, hey, why do, you have to, why do you have to go out and tell everybody Andy Dalton's heart? This is what they do. This is what they do. Okay? They want you to talk about the Cowboys. They, they like the attention of it. And, and this is what it is. And, and, and I'm okay with it because I'm selfish, and I want to know because the coaches right. don't give me anything. <laughs> You got Mike McCarthy acting like he's some hockey coach and don't want to tell nobody anything. You got a leg injury. You, don't want to you have stories to write. You have stories to write and stories to tell. And you know what? I want the truth. When I want the truth, I go to Jerry. Okay? It's like, it's like Will Smith said, tell the truth. Okay? Jerry's going to tell me the truth. These coaches don't tell me anything. So that's why I love doing the Jerry Jones. So we want, hey, I want the truth. And Jerry Jones is going to give it to me. 
Steven, not so much, but I, you know, I, I have I beg to differ just a bit. Jerry's okay. gonna tell you Jerry's truth, and sometimes Jerry's truth is not necessarily what's going on inside the locker room. And you know, Jerry's a okay. man on the team. Jerry owns the team. He owns the the most amazing uh, 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 sports uh, business in the world. But we all know that before Jerry became famous and rich. Jerry seemed like he was selling snake oil. You know, he would be one of those guys. Everything sounds oil, good. <laughs> every, every potion is going to make you better at sex, better at, at eating, better at everything. You know, that's, that's the way, you know, you kind of look at him. So he's going to put a cherry on top of everything. So listen okay. to Jerry. That may not necessarily mean that you're going to get the truth. You're, you might just be more entertained then you might get accuracy. Everson, he wears two hats. And, and I've always said this about Jerry. It's been an interesting dynamic. He wears two hats. And I want, you know, if you're, if you're a sports fan, you want the owner of the team to be excited. You want him to be optimistic and always looking at how things can get better. But I want my general manager to be pessimistic. I want my general manager to say the glass is half empty, the water's dirty, and we probably need to change everything. The issue becomes the general manager and the owner are the same guy. And that, but but at the same time, from a yep, media standpoint, that is the issue. That has, always, that has been a part of the fun of this. I mean, this is what's made the Cowboys so interesting that they're on NBC three times, the maximum three times every year. You just saw they were playing a game of the national game of the week with CBS. I mean, even when the Cowboys aren't good, people are still talking about the Cowboys. And this is what Jerry Jones has built. And one of the things that I learned by doing that radio show with him, Everson, Jerry's always been in business for himself. So, you know, from selling insurance to being a shaky pizza franchise owner, Jerry's always been <laughs> hustling. Jerry's always been selling hope. And, and, he, and that hadn't changed, man. So that is what he's going to do. So when he's talking about, let's go, Andy Dahl's got to be, he's going to be our guy. We can still win this division. It's a slim chance. We can, that's Jerry. Jerry got margaritas to sell. Okay, he got, he got he got shirts to sell. He's trying to get you ever send to buy your grandkids. To he, he, got, he got fifteen dollar. He has fifteen dollar hamburgers to sell. Yes, exactly. I understand. But now, the problem you have when you have a, uh, an owner that creates this this situation that, for for lack of a better term, sometimes you have crap rolling downhill, and it all it's all sound rosy coming out of Jerry's mouth. But by the time things get to be downhill, it just turns into a bunch of crap. And here's what I mean. If you don't have an, a product on that field that's going to resemble anything close to your optimism, then all of a sudden, what are you looking at on the field as far as your team is concerned? It's not anything positive. They're going to come up with all types of adjectives to talk about just how bad your team is even if they didn't play as bad as they say, because of the optimism that was raining down on them, we're all in our seats. We're ready for it. Here it comes. Jerry said it's going to be true. I'm going to believe in the cowboy majesty and the hype. And then you see what we see, say, against the Cardinals. Uh, you see what we saw against the Redskins. I'm sorry, against the Washington football team. And, and then all of a sudden you have over-the-top criticism, which can af really affect everything that you're trying to build, Nui. So you got to think about that sometimes. 
Sometimes reality is the best medicine for a team like the Cowboys. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll ahead, tell you something how it affects the locker room. When you have a guy like, you know, the, the owner and the general manager. And I saw this from my own perspective when I was there under the Wade and Jason Garrett era. When there is a level of hierarchy, and I mean the guys who are worth the money, the big contract guys, the guys who are on, have the jerseys in the stores and they have the placards and they have the, 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 the giant size faces on the side of the stadium. Those guys are handled by Jerry. And then it's all the rest of us that are handled by Garrett or Wade or Mike McCarthy. And so then it begins that it, it begins that fight of these guys knowing, man, that's coach can't do nothing to me because I, I answer to the guy upstairs. And I don't mean Je- I don't mean Jesus Christ. I, I mean the other guy upstairs. <laughs> He's a little bit lower office. down on the. Yeah, he's a little lower down, but <laughs> that other guy. And so now this is you start talking about how does it affect on the field? Because you have guys who are on the field who know that no matter what that coaches say, that I'm tied in to the other guy. And that guy will determine whether I'm here or not. Not this guy who was calling the shots from the sideline. And, and, and that sometimes can affect the play on the field because guys who probably shouldn't be on the field maybe should have left time on the field. But because they have the contract that they have, they're dealt with differently and by different people. I remember one time uh, it was Felix Jones and Felix Jones had like fumbled in a couple games. And Jason Garrett was like, you know, guys who fumble in games, you know, that they'll pay the consequences. We might not start them in the game. He said this and then they caught Jerry five minutes later and said, Felix Jones will be the starting running back for us next week. So as, as a player in the locker room, I'm sitting there looking like, well, who do I believe? Do I believe the guy who said Felix Jones is going to sit coming out the you game? Know or the guy? You know who to believe. I, I know who to believe. I know who to believe. <laughs> but but you, see how that, you see how that can be a, a sticky situation for guys in the locker room. I'm looking around and saying, well, I heard that report and I heard that report. Now let's see what's going to happen this week in practice. And then you see Felix Jones start the next game. And you go, oh, I know, who, I, I know who really called the shots here and there. So that's some of the dynamic that can sometimes – can mess up a locker room because you know the difference between who says who and who does what. Yeah. Jesse, here's, here's two things I'll respond to you on that. Number one, I never, ever, ever felt bad for Jason Garrett when those situations happened because Jason Garrett knew what he signed up for. He could have taken a job as a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons with an owner like <laughs> Arthur Blank who would have let him do what he wanted to do, but he said no to that. He said no to Steve Bashotti, another owner who would let him do whatever he wanted to do, but he said no. I'll stay here as the offensive coordinator making as much money as Wade Phillips. So you got what you signed up for. And yes, you, you are right. There, there, there are players that, be, uh, you know, Troitman didn't like Chan Gailey, didn't want to run Chandler Gailey's offense. And guess who got got? Chan Gailey. So yes, you are right. <laughs> this is how it works here. But this is also how everybody who comes in here, you get, Mike McCarthy knows the way it goes here. Okay, Jerry's been here 30 years now. 30 years. It is what it is. We, you, you can like it, you can dislike it, but you know what it is. And for me, I would rather know where I stand and know the way things are for things to just to, to not never know. You know, Jerry's going to want what Jerry wants. And Jerry loves this. He loves the style. He likes the Cowboys to be big. He likes the Cowboys to be in the news. This is how he's operating Jerry for does years. not know how to coach a team, uh, Nui, and that's what matters, man. You still got to be able to coach the team. And that might be good for the media and, and, and uh, just really interesting for all of us 
But when you're trying to put a winning product on the field, you got to let your coach coach. And, you know, and sometimes you got to know when to be quiet and what not to say. There are times when you have to be in unison as, a, as an organization, in unison. Your, your coach has to, he's got enough problems he got to deal with all these guys in the locker room. Now he has to deal with this, deal with the media. He's confusing things here. I, we just talked about it. It's like, I don't want to get, I'm not going to give him the, the, the former president. I'm not even going to give him that. He's, he's, he's much better than that. But it's just a, it's a chaotic situation when you have different information coming from the same organization. So as a yeah. player, like Jesse was saying, what's going on? Who's calling the plays? Who's calling the shots? And we know I, who's calling the shots in one way, but we got to have somebody on this field, on this sideline that I can look to other than a player who knows what's going on. And I'll, I'll say this in closing for this topic. Um, if I'm a player and I really like what I saw in, um, in, in Garrett Gilbert in that game, and I feel like, you know what, fellas, we get, we get Garrett Gilbert again. Let's, let's just try to put it together. And then you hear, oh, we don't get Garrett Gilbert next week. Like that affects me as a player. Because I, I, I may have really liked what this quarterback was doing. If I'm a receiver, I'm like, man, this looks much better than what I had with Andy Dalton. And then now I got to realize we back to Andy Dalton again. That could bring down my spirit in the way that I prepare mentally, physically, emotionally. Hey man, like, start, a, start a quarterback controversy like we did back in the 80s, man. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Just go to the paper like we did. Just start the quarterback controversy. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Garrett Gilbert, the Gary Hogaboom of the Cowboys. All right, hey, fellas, this was fun. Uh, we didn't even get to the other topics. We'll get to the coaching topic tomorrow here. Uh, Everson, uh, Walls, and Jesse Holly will be with me tomorrow. So one more day of, of having more former Cowboys uh, bringing some insights. Fellas, this was fun. I appreciate it. Everybody, make sure you tell friends about this uh, about this show. We, it's, it's normally the Players' Lounge with, with Barry Church and Danny McRae, but they're on some other shows. We're kind of mixing things up and having some fun. We'll yep. talk to everybody tomorrow at 2.30 Central. All right, fellas, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!